All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another Chat and Learn here with Power to Fly. My name is Mariella and I'm super excited to dive into this next hour with you. I had a chance to speak with our, our guest speaker offline and I know that she's gonna rock your world for the next hour. Um, I'm gonna try to be as present as I can and not like write notes vigorously as she's speaking, um, as I always recommend you all do to be present with us and then watch the recorded video later on Power to Fly and then you can take notes there. Um, that gives me a perfect moment to go into some housekeeping rules. So you are here with us for the hour. Uh, and if you're watching us live on YouTube, we appreciate you. If you're re-watching re this uh, recording on Power to Fly, we also appreciate you. Um, I just want to invite everyone who's live with us right now to uh, be present with us um, so that, you know, we can get some of your questions answered live here. Again, you're taking the time out of your busy schedule. So I'm going to sound like a broken record by the end of this chat. I want to hear from you. Um, with that said, I've muted everyone upon entrance, uh, but I can't stress enough, come off of mute whenever you have something to say. If you had a dream last night or, you know, you, you have a wild question, you know, we want to dive in deep with you today. So come off of mute or write in the chat box. Uh, if, you if you have any anonymous information, uh, sensitive topics you want to write, you can find me in the chat box and write me anonymously and I will flag that to our guest speaker. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is that this is being recorded. Um, we will send you a rewatch email later so you can watch this on Power to Fly and make sure you follow us on social so that you can stay in tune with all the great chats we've got coming up. Um, without further ado, I'm going to pass the mic to our guest speaker today. Amelia, I'm super excited to host you today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you came to know about Power to Fly, and what you're excited to share with us today? Yeah, um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I started way back before the word entrepreneur even existed in my brain. Um, I have uh, grown companies, about six companies now to date, um, over 180 million, and then a few more that are right around the $100 million mark. Um, my claim to fame is I brought green mainstream. Um, when green was just a color uh, and people thought I was out of my mind, uh, exited that company um, and then just kept been doing it ever since then. And uh, now basically stepped back into the ring um, just because we've had this massive universal reset. Um, and so the secret sauce to a lot of the successes that I've done, a lot of the turnarounds I've done for athletes, musicians, entertainers, a lot of the big names, big brands that people know, um, I've always been the girl behind the scenes. Um, I'm just sharing. I'm, I'm, I'm really sharing information on how to really kind of move towards where you want to go, but more importantly, understanding where you really want to go. And that was the premise behind releasing the Genius Key publicly was to hand the information to other uh, people who just wanted to, um, to kind of take back the, the, the stick shift, right? The, the control inside, whether they're an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, um, and, and not let it be a secret uh, on how these companies grow and scale and what that means for in an individual and what that means if you're working within a company. Um, but really, I, I take my human behavior, which is how I've continued to do the work that I've done, and I'm, I'm, I love what I do, um, I teach it to other people so that whatever works for them. And so that's, that's really, Power to Fly was originally um, my mentor, who's Jillian Manis, who's one of the largest, um, uh, she's owned Structure Capital, which is probably the largest female-run capital group here in the US. Uh, she's the one who first introduced me to Power to Fly. And then from there, I was reintroduced it again, I think for summoning my network. And I was like, wow, what a, what a great resource, you know, that I wish I had along the way. You know, other women that are doing, um, real things in the grind every day is where you're going to get the advice that you need to get in the grind every day, right? There's the talkers and then there's the doers. And so I loved the fact 
fact that you guys had put together the people who are actually doing it and, and collaborating. It's a, it's like a living forum group. Yes. And it's what, what's wild to me is that, you know, the more visibility that happens uh, was showing diversity and inclusion in the workplace, especially, you know, the more uh, confidence other other folks get um, for not being able to, you know, historically speaking, see someone like them in these roles and leadership and things like that. So uh, it's so fascinating to see other folks encourage each other, even on these live chats, uh, you know, and all the events that we have. Um, so I, I thank you for calling that out because yes, it, we need communities like these to encourage us. Um, you all have submitted some great questions offline. We are going to walk through this next hour, taking your questions one by one. Um, and we'll start with this first question here. So if you see your question come up on the screen, even if this isn't your question, you want to chime in again, we want to hear from you. So write in the chat box or come off of mute. Um, and yes, let's have fun in this next hour. So Amelia, what are your tips for building a startup from zero to 100 million members? Everyone knows you have to provide value to draw customers, but sometimes it's a challenge to get people to recognize the value you create. Right. So I think the first part of that question is, you know, how do you, how do you go from zero to hundred million? Let's just be real clear. Uh, people talk about a hundred million, but they have no context to what that means. I did not start my business and say I wanted to start a hundred million dollar business, right? Because that's a, usually a tip that tells you that somebody has no idea what they're talking about, right? Because it's, it's, it's massive and there's phases that happen um, on the natural trajectory of a business. What takes from zero to one million will kill you from one to three and three to five is a different game and five to seven and so on and so forth. So people who really have experience with what this looks like, the growth scale inside of a company um, are less to throw around, I'm going to create a $100 million company. That usually tells you somebody has no idea what they're talking about. Um, and so it's about phases of growth and phases of being introspective, right? So a company is like a staircase, right? There's growth and then you flatline as you analyze what is and isn't working. And then you put together a plan and then there's growth again. And so it looks like a staircase if all's going well. It kind of looks like this if it's not going well, but we all kind of know that roller coaster. And so the second part about it is, you know, how to draw customers. The marketplace, right, has dramatically shifted, right? We, I call this the, the great universal reset. Um, as customers and technology have gotten smarter, it has changed the way businesses are built. And we've heard a lot about that over the last decade. Um, we have a lot of people that are still talking about millennials. And I'm like, you do realize all those people grew up already, right? Like that's the wrong generation you're talking about. But there was a huge influence um, on that generation of what it's done for business. And one of it that it, that it did was it, it, it addressed the immediate mindset, right? And what I mean by the immediate mindset is the gold watch, the working for a long period of time is long gone right? The younger generation came in to say, you know what? I want it here and I want it now. I want to live now. And then the generation right behind the millennials, right? So there's lots of names for them from the Jones, whatever you want to call it, but right behind the millennials, what they said was, it's not that they just want to live here and now, they want to have impact and purpose. And because there's more of that energetically pushing, it changed all business. So when you start to talk about how do I draw in customers, you have to really start with why? 
Like why, why you can't start having a conversation with somebody else until you understand what the conversation is with yourself. What are you trying to do? Why are you trying to do it? What, what is the outcome and the goals and objectives you're really trying to dig into? Because if they are old thinking, right? And our education system taught it all to us, old thinking about uh, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be an MBA, uh, make a lot of money and then live your life. Um, if you have this, then life is easy. See, all of that stuff we've learned is not true. It's all lies. And so if you're trying to build a business because you want to make money, I will tell you that it's just a matter of time before it doesn't work. And so the way you attract the energy is by understanding what you're putting out. I love that you are shifting the focus. This is, this is just what, I mean, in my opinion, this is just what we need because it's like, okay, it's so finite when you make it just about money. And, I, and it also is exclusive, right? So right now, a lot of folks are talking about inclusivity and diversity, especially in the workplace, so that products can be, you know, uh, more holistic and well-rounded and not so linear and one-sided or whatever. But people um, don't understand what those words mean. Right. So the word diversity means something very different to you than it means to me that versus does to somebody else. And so when people quickly use a word to umbrella an action, the first question you should ask is, well, what does that mean? What, what are you really trying to accomplish? Let's get in the weeds of what you're talking about. Because when you get under the conversation where nobody wants to get into that stickiness, you start to really see where the problem is that, you're, that you need to solve, right? So diversity, which is a very popular word right now, it, it makes me laugh because diversity is based on your perspective, right? So if you're in a different country, diversity means one thing. If you're a diff different race, religion, tall, short, I mean, everything can be diverse, right? And so what do you mean? And, and then you have to figure out, well, what are you really trying to accomplish, right? And so when you're trying about talking about, for, from the business lens anyway, is to provide more opportunity, to be able to provide more resources, to be able to equal the heavy lift to a destination, right? Well, that actually doesn't fall underneath the word diversity, right? That's your responsibility as a leader, right? So as a CEO, right, as a leader, and I, I pride myself on, on being a leader, my number one responsibility, the thing that I spend the most amount of time on each and every day is serving my people. Well, how do I serve my people if I don't know who they are and what their perspective is? That means I need to know the perspective of every individual teammate so what that means to them, well, diversity is different by each one that I actually am trying to look through their eyes to understand what is life like for them. What do they need? What is their desired outcome? What's their challenges? What do they need help with? What are those resources? Every individual within the company. And that's one of the premises that I have been speaking about for 35 years about how the inside of companies are unhealthy. It is not healthy for people to be in the old infrastructure. We have so much evidence that tells you it's not healthy for men, for women, for different races, for different places in the world, from different educations. It's just not healthy. It leads you to a dead end. And so we're like, okay, you have to break the model. I know people wanna do like a little change or maybe we'll just tweak something and do a different version of something that's old. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't sustain. And so you have to start from 
what are you trying to do? And then what is the glue or the core values of what you stand for and be articulate enough to say, this is what I stand for and be okay with that because it's not going to fit for everybody. So if you're a company that's hundred percent vegan, right? If that's your stick and you're like, we have no leather, we don't wear leather, we don't eat animals, we just whatever, we're pro-plant, whatever the thing is that you got to be, then you have to stand up and say that's what you are. And great, celebrate that's who you are. Then for somebody that eats meat or somebody who whatever, they can say, okay, I love that that's your thing. It just doesn't work for me. It doesn't have to be anything hostile. It just has to be, it doesn't work for me. I want a hamburger. You don't like hamburgers. Let's just kind of stay in each other's lane to celebrate all the differences, but we can find each other. We've gotten so politically correct on our vernacular, we've done an enormous amount of damage to each other because we're trying to hide behind a label instead of going, wait a minute, help me understand. What does that mean to you? Asking questions to be curious to understand what your perspective is, what your journey is, what does that mean for you? And then for me to be of an act of service, how can I help you? right? How do I align? I don't have to have the same journey. I don't even have to have the same belief systems. But what I can do is be open-minded and open-hearted to help serve you to get to where you need to be. I love that you talk about uh, service and, and, but along with the service you're speaking about being open-minded and also, you know, curious and going more to the core instead of like putting labels on things. I was just speaking for hours this morning um, with my teacher about language and how language is so powerful because it can be limiting, but it can also um, it can also stretch boundaries, you know, and think outside of the limits. And how, let's say, for a word like diversity, I mean, I'd love to just stick around here for a while because you're totally right that diversity is being thrown around so many different ways. Uh, But what does that mean? And I love that you're saying it means different things for different people. And if you can just be real about what that means to you, and also if if you really want something like diversity, then that's going to be, that's going to make the experience different and actually probably the the end result a little different versus I just want to do it for whatever other reason, right? Right. Um, if, if, if you think about biodiversity in nature, right, uh, it does, you know, it, it, there's a process. You can't just want winter to come in in the summer. Exactly. You have to yeah. And then you have to prepare and you have to, you know, get excited about it or, you know, get ready for the miserable part about it, but then know that it's going to have a completion and there's a cycle. Right. Um, and if you don't honor where you are, right? So if you don't honor winter, spring will never come. Right. Exactly. Right. And so what I say about just again using the word diversity, if I put my lens of what I think it means and why I want it onto you, I have now completely disrespected you. I'm not seeing you. Mm -hmm. I'm putting me on you. And so you can't do that if you are in a place of curiosity and a place, place of growth and build. Right. So In a lot of these conversations, what's happening is we're trying to use old vernacular, old systems, old processes, old ways of communicating and wanting this crazy, ridiculous, different result. And that's why we have the problems that we're having. It's why we're getting some of the hostility out in the world today, because people are so frustrated with being misunderstood. They're like, that's not what I said. 
It's not what I meant. It's not what I said. And it's leading us to these chaos, pure chaos and outcomes. And so one of the things, the tools that I try to teach when people have the heart of wanting to be curious and to seek to understand is start by asking for forgiveness. Literally start a conversation with saying, listen, I'm going to ask right now. I'm going to say something that is going to offend you. I'm going to say something that's hurtful. I'm going to unintentionally cause pain. And that is not my intention. My intention is I'm struggling to understand what your journey is, what you see, what you hear, and what you feel. And the only way to do that is if you permit me the permission to fall down and make a mistake, knowing that I'm going to learn because when you go ouch, which is one of my other tools, right? You can, any conversation that you ever have, all you need to do is go, ouch. And somebody's going to go, well, what happened? I, what, what happened? And you go, you just hurt me. And they go, what do you mean I hurt you? What did I say? What, what did I do? I don't know what I did because that's really what's happening. But you have to have a response to go, ouch, right? You just labeled me this and that hurt me. And I go, well, why? explain to me why when I use that word, it caused you pain. Explain to me why that tone of voice. Explain to me how my limited thinking did something that is affecting your side. That's your responsibility. Your responsibility is to let me know that I'm causing, right, either an energetic vibration or pain or disrespect. I have to understand or I can't do better. I first have to know when did it occur, and then you have to tell me what did I do, and then for me to go, okay, here's what I think I'm going to try to do differently, and for you to validate, yes, when you do this versus that, Amelia, it's better for me. Well, now we're both learning. Because most pain is unintentional, right? Ignorance is unintentional. It's ignorance, right? And so you have to open up these dialogues so that people can really start to learn and understand. And for the most part, right, for the majority, we actually want better relationships with people. We just don't know how to do it. And so we stay in these crazy false beliefs of what we think our comfort zone is when the reality is it's actually causing more pain. So this is great. Uh, I feel like there's so much to dive in here. And I know that we've got some folks on the line uh, who probably want to chime in as well. Uh, but I'm just curious to know what kinds of questions should people right now be thinking of who want to build quote unquote, diverse teams, diverse companies, how can there be a less homogenous way of seeing diversity uh, in order to really get to the core of what people are hoping to fix? Well, so that was the, the problem that I, that I took on, right? So I took it on typical Amelia fashion, right? Two feet in and, 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 and not apologizing for it at all. Remember, I've been criticized heavily for years um, on my thinking about um, and my being outspoken to say, you can't help but bring your biases into your decision-making because you believe what you believe, right? So I say, once you know, can you unknow? And so that's the process. And so when you're making a decision, you're doing the process of elimination to try to make the best decision that you know. So what's the tool to use to eliminate your biases so that you can just look at the data, right? Which means you're going to take the human out of the equation. That was the whole purpose of me creating the genius key was to first show you what your genius is, not what your parents told you, not what your friends have told you, and not even the lie that you're telling yourself in the mirror, 
right? What truly is your genius? And then what does that mean in relationship to money and happiness and impact and all of the other things that are important to humans, our hierarchy of needs? And when you look at that objectively as a human, now you can make some decisions because you're really looking at your own reflection, which is not an easy thing to do right? And then to take it a step further for companies and people who are building a team, whether it's a team of two or a team of 200,000, is to say, now let me take the genius key and be able to apply it to the desired outcome. And then let the matrix say, if this is what you say the outcome is, here are the people's keys that you need in this order in order to hit the outcome. So I don't see, I can't see you. I can't, all I know is that you've got a key that unlocks my outcome. I don't know who you are, whether you're black, white, yellow, green, Christian, Muslim, Jew, where you are in the world, whether you have your MBA from Wharton or none at all, because I don't care. All I care is you've got a key that unlocks my success. Once you, meaning you on the other side, click yes, I'm interested in one of those projects, I now know you're a female. Why would I care before? Why would I care about anything other than you've got something that unlocks the keys to my success? And then for me to understand and go, wow, I never would have thought you were the one who had my next key because my brain is going to say to me, oh, whatever it is that your myth is, right? The myth is, oh, if you're younger, then you wouldn't be a good strategist because you haven't had enough time in the trenches. If you're older, then you, all that stuff that we get in our head, which is our false beliefs, get in the way of us making the decision on how do I pair the next action with the next desired outcome so that as you're moving on a team or moving within the company, you're not putting your false beliefs on other people because that's limited. And so the other thing that I wanted to do inside of a company is make it all self-driven. Now, let me tell you a dec decade ago when I said out loud to other CEOs to make all the work inside of a company self-selected, CEOs were freaking out. They were like, there's no way. My team will never pick up the work. They'll never do this. They'll never do that. I'll, the company will never be successful. I go, it's interesting to me that we know that people are the secret ingredient to success, but you don't trust that they're going to do the work. And what we find inside the genius system is people pick more work than you ever would have given them because it's only the work that matches their keys. They're not doing the work that they hate because they don't have a key for what they hate. They have a keys for what they love. So why wouldn't we give the power back to the people to say, here's all the work inside this company. There's no labels, which means it's not operations or admin, whatever. Here's all the projects that fit your keys. Which one would you like to take? And you go, I like this one. I would like this one. I would like this one. I would like this one. And then when you pop up, I go, oh my gosh, this is so great. You're on this team. Now I know what key you have. I'm like, oh, so you have the sales key. You're like, no, no, not this time. I'm not working. I've got the finance key. And I'm like, wow, now I get an opportunity to experience what is like with you on a finance key when I just assumed you didn't even have a finance. How would I even know you had that key? Because I only know you in a different context. 
so fascinating. I'm, I'm interested to, to hear if anyone else on the line has some questions and especially about your, um, this process that you've created and developed for teams to, you know, be able to essentially unlock and open up different ways that they can share their, their talents uh, with each other. I love that. And it's only based um, on data, right? It's data, right? So here's what we know for a fact, right? It's not Emilia-isms, it's facts. Go, go Google it, right? Is that 80 some odd percent of people who have a degree in a certain field don't work in that field. Right, so because they did that as a favor for somebody else, right? Somebody else forced them to get whatever weird degree, degree they have, right? We have people who have day jobs, but most people have some other hobby, some other thing that they're doing in their spare time. So what they're doing to make money and what they actually enjoy are going into two different directions, which that leads to unhappiness, right? So how do you get it parallel? So what you love to do and what you're good at doing, which is the thing you can't see, that's what you can't see because you do it so naturally. And so for you, it doesn't get on your radar, right? And so we have another genius exercise, which is called the letter to my friends, right? Literally send a letter, send an email to 10 people that you spend the most amount of time with, right? So whether that's your colleagues, your friends, from whatever it is, 10 people and just say, why are we friends? Why are we friends? And why you think people are friends with you is 100% not why they're friends with you. And what you'll find also from doing this exercise, and I'll just give myself as an example because it's easy for me to pick on myself. I used to think that I was um, easy, easygoing. And I used to believe that the reason that people were friends with me was because I have a very big heart and so I'm a people pleaser. And the reality is none of my friends are friends with me because I have a big heart and I'm a people pleaser. People are friends with me because I can get to the finish line quickly. I tell it like it is. There's no sugarcoating. You always know where you stand to me. There is no fluff, right? And so I was like, wait a minute. I'm spending all this time trying to be soft and warm and cozy and kumbaya and over-accommodating and let me help you do this and let me help you do that. And that's not what people wanted me to be friends with. And so it, it gave me back so much energy because I don't spend time trying to be something that A, is harder for me to be, and B, it's not why people are energetically attracted to me anyway. People find me when they're trying to make a decision. People find me when they're looking to take the next level up or scale. And what have I done? I've created a business that's crisis management, scale oriented, right? All that straight thing. If, if you're looking for somebody to come give you a big hug and tell you that it's not your fault and that, you know, some hero is coming on a white horse and everything's going to be better, I'm not your girl. But if you want to know exactly what you need to do in the next two steps to get closer to where it is you want to go, what you really want out of life, I'm the person to talk to. And so those are the things that you need to shift so that you stop spending energy trying to be all things to all people and really start to understand why do people spend time with you? What is it that they're getting from you, the giving and the receiving, right, the infinity loop? And to understand that because that's part of your genius. It's part of why you are attracting certain people. And then if the vibration is off, what you need to do to show up more authentically so that you move that energy that's not working for you out of the way and start getting in the harmony of what you were supposed to be doing to, to begin with. I love that you bring in energy as you're speaking about these situations because uh, energy has a lot to do with everything. <laughs> it does. Um, and it's how the world's connected, right? We all energetically vibrate with one, one another, right? We, and we have to. And 
it starts with you. It starts to understand what thought you have and what energy it creates, what action, you know, comes out of your mouth and what energy it creates. It starts to really understand being responsible for who and what you are and to see, is it working for you? If it's working for you, celebrate it and then attract people who also celebrate you. But if it's not working for you, then you're going to be led very quickly to the question, well, what do I do about it? If it's not working for me, then what do I do? Where's that one, two, three step? And that's what we wanted to provide. Great. So this is a great segue as far as, you know, personal relationships uh, with your network or with your neighborhood uh, into this question here. So I'm very curious about your goal of perfect alignment with people you care about. Could you please exp uh, expand on that? So it's again, I'll talk about a CEO. I do not know how you can lead people if you don't care about them. I, 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 it, it baffles my brain because it's a huge responsibility to lead. And what you'll find out about leadership, the more you dig in it, is that the people on your team lead in different areas of strength, right? So to be a great leader is just as difficult to stand and lead the pack as it is to lead from behind. And what I found is the strongest leaders lead from behind, which means I've got you. You can fall because I'll catch you and I'll build a net so that there may be a, a, a bump, but there isn't the free fall. Right. And so learning what that means to lead from the front and lead from the behind and when that is what is important, it starts with really caring and understanding people. And like I said, acts of service. Right. I, I to serve you, I have to know you. But to know you, I have to care. And so when I started, which is 35 years ago, you know, people are like, there's no emotion in business. You shouldn't care. You'd be a drill sergeant, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wow, that does not work for me at all. I, I do. I care tremendously about the people who trust me to come work with me and are pushing the ball in the same direction with me each and every day. I care about those people and I want them to care about me. And so when I started saying this back in the 80s, people were like, that's because you're a female CEO. I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with me being a female. It has to be with being a human. I want to work for somebody who cares about me. I want the people that are with me to know that I care about them, what they say, what they do, and what they think, and how they live every day. It matters to me a great deal. And so setting the change of the foundation of how we're starting and how we're building a team, and that when you're in your area of genius, I trust you to lead because that's not my area of genius. So I can walk with you, I can walk behind you, and I can walk in front of you with the same respect because at the end of the day, it's gonna take all of that to get to the finish line. So we usually have a lot of uh, questions about imposter syndrome uh, from live callers on different topics, actually. Uh, I'd love to just, I see, you, I see you laughing now. I'd love to hear you speak a little bit about that. And I say that because a lot of folks are either pivoting careers or, you know, they're one of the first to look the way that they do, you know, at the table, like all of these, uh, all of these kinds of, you know, obstacles that, 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 that uh, reveal themselves at work in the workplace um, and, and they're figuring out how to navigate through imposter syndrome. I'd love to get your two cents on that. I think you, hello, I think she's frozen. Can you all hear me okay? Maybe it's me that's frozen. 
Okay, perfect. Okay, it looks like we, it looks like Amelia is a little frozen. Um, so maybe we'll, we'll wait for her to reconnect. It looked like she hopped off. Okay, well, um, so uh, yeah, we were just talking about imposter syndrome. I'd love to know if anyone on the line until we get Amelia back on, um, if anyone has any tips on getting through imposter syndrome. Um, yeah, someone's writing in the chat box, Nicole, they deal with it. Yeah, how do you, well, how do you deal with imposter syndrome is the better question. Um, I find that, uh, I, I find that often, I mean, especially now with, with COVID, it's like getting through changing careers or, you know, looking for jobs and, and going through interviews and having to do um, all of this big show, you know, during this big uh, global crisis, it probably has a, a harder effect, I would assume, on for imposter syndrome folks feeling imposter syndrome. I know it's a pretty sensitive topic. Um, so, but anyway, if anyone wants to hop off of mute until Amelia comes back on, uh, that would be nice. Tell me about what you're doing today. <laughs> Okay, yes. So Lydia writes here in the chat box, I find it reassuring when I hear others sharing their own feelings and moments of imposter syndrome. Absolutely. I think that the more we can be uh, transparent and um, share stories so that, you know, we know that we're not alone. I think that that definitely helps. I was doing a chat recently. Hey, Nicole, thanks for turning your camera on. I see you. Um, there, it was just, it felt like we were all going through like a big therapy session um, because folks were chiming in with how you know, unfair, you know, it, it is to have to deal with imposter syndrome in, in this, uh, just in the tech industry in general. Um, and just that, in my opinion, and what we decided on the call was that, you know, there just hasn't been historically speaking enough, enough room at the table from for leadership to happen in a more diverse way and uh, an inclusive way. So I know I'm rambling now, but Nicole, feel free to chime in if you got something. <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure. I'll just chime in here and say that, you know, I, I think I used to feel more imposter syndrome, but one kind of like what Lydia's saying, it, I find it reassuring when people share that they also deal with imposter syndrome. And when you think about people even like up to Michelle Obama saying that they deal with uh, imposter syndrome, but beyond that, you know, uh, honestly, attending nearly every single chat and learn every day, I, that has helped me tons it's really helped me put into perspective a lot of the skills and value that I bring to the table that I didn't realize prior to participating in so many chat learns, honestly. And I'm, and I'm not, you know, I am definitely in the chat learn program, but also just really like listening to so many different women across so many different fields from entrepreneurs, to executives to just really just amazing people um, sharing their stories. It's so helpful. And I don't know if you share in that, Mary Elfa. Yeah, I think that it makes it uh, more like tangible, more real when you can see that someone else has gone through that uh, and it makes you warm up a little bit with, with that. Hi, Amelia. We see you now. Hi. I was like, what happened? <laughs> Perfect. No worries. We're, I'm happy to have you back. We were just talking about imposter syndrome. Uh, I know that you were going to pick, pick the mic up on that. So feel free to give some tips or tricks for people that are feeling imposter syndrome um, during these crazy times of COVID. Well, so let me just, so help me understand how you guys are defining imposter syndrome because, um, you know, I have my two cents on what I think an imposter is. So um, share. 
just, you know, feeling like uh, this is a huge consensus, by the way, just like, you know, several stories of mostly women, obviously, because we speak with mostly women here on Power to Fly, um, either not be being respected for the work that they do or feeling that they, uh, you know, don't have enough experience in the role. And so it, it the reflection of, you know, not being capable, um, and obviously, I mean, one of the things we always turn back to learning, whoever is hosting the chat is saying, you know, coming back to yourself and realizing that you don't need to be validated from the outside. But I'd love to hear what you have to say about however you view imposter syndrome and then any tips that folks can do to move through that. Sure. So I'm going to answer that as a behaviorist, right? Because remember, that's my core of who I am, right? I've got a ridiculous amount of training um, in human behavior because that was what allowed me to step forward um, to build my companies not using the infrastructure that had already been shown for me, right? I was like, I'm not going to build that kind of company. And if it doesn't work, then that's fine. But I'm definitely not going to build it the old way. Um, and that was before. But so when I started in business, there was Whoopi Goldberg and Barbara Walters. Those were the only two women for me, for my eyeballs to see. There was, there was no Oprah. There was no Martha Stewart. There was, there was, you know, no Meg Whitman. There was no, there was nobody like that. There was two women. And I was like, well, I'm not funny and I don't want to interview people. So there you go. And so when you, when you, when you talk about that chatter uh, of, well, why, why me or how can I be dreaming that big or what if, whatever, those are all myths, false beliefs, dark shadow thoughts is what I call them. It's about creating the resources and the fuel that you need to feel strong enough just to step forward, right? So you're never going to feel like the delusion in your head. You think, well, when I make a million dollars a year, then I'm going to feel more confident. Well, no, that's not true. Uh, when I lose weight, I'm going to feel more confident. When I look younger, I'm going to want to get that job title. No, you can fill in the blank with anything and you're never going to feel like you think you want to feel because the whole premise of life is learning, right? And so if you're not learning, if you're not uncomfortable, right? So the true definition of learning is being uncomfortable. And so you've got to go through phases of being un uncomfortable. So you're learning and then you kind of flatline and recover and heal and, and kind of enjoy a little bit. And then you go back into learning again, because why would we ever want to be stagnant? The fountain of youth is to stay curious and to continue to stay learning. It's what allows you to connect with every other human in the world because most good humans are trying to learn, seek to understand. And so what is it that you require to feel strong enough to just step forward? And I think that's the inner struggle of well, why would I go in there and talk to my boss about I really want this project? Or why would I, you know, say to somebody, you know, I don't really know if you should do that. Like why step out of your comfort zone? What, what causes that um, and those are tools, right? So it's by talking to other women and, and getting it out of your head and getting it out loud, because sometimes when you say something out loud, you go, mm, actually, that, that sounded better in my head than when I just said it, you know, or you talk to somebody who is living what it is you believe 
is going to bring you some type of joy or happiness or financial reward, right? So that's where you talk to somebody who's living the journey that you're talking about wanting and then hearing that. I mean, it's, it's part of the reason why I try to make myself available when people say, I want to run a $100 million company. And I'm like, great. So you're going to run a $100 million company. You do realize you're going to give up the relationship that you might want with your kids or with your spouse or with your community or with your family, right? There is going to be a give and take. And so people go, oh, I didn't think about that. So I'm all open to say me running and growing several hundred million dollar companies cost me my marriage. That's what it cost me because there's a cost. And it also cost me a very different type of relationship with my kids. Now I'm blessed with the relationship that I have with my children, but it's not like other people who have a different relationship with their children. I don't believe in good or bad. I believe in different. And so you have to be careful with what you're looking to achieve without realizing the consequence of that desire. And the only way to understand that is by having open, honest dialogue. That's why you've got to ask for forgiveness first with other people that are actually living what it is that you're trying to do to say, well, you know, what is it that I'm not seeing? So to say, okay, well, parts of your life is going to look like this and, and your time is going to be spent differently and money is going to be different. Everything changes as you move up the ladder, right? And so you have to really understand what you're asking the universe for because sometimes the greatest gift is the thing that you don't get. Thank you for that. Let's move on to this next question here. So what is your best move to convince a buyer to buy your product? So I know that we've been talking more about, you know, our lifestyle and our personal choices and things like that. So let's bring this to from, you know, the business perspective. And of course, all of those things affect how we do business. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any insight here on this question? Right. So w whether you have a product or a service, right, you have to be the, the heartbeat of that consumer, that audience. Right. And so if I like I am a behaviorist, right, I'm a behaviorist. I love everything about behavior. Um, I'm constantly studying it. If you look at what I watch on, on Netflix and Amazon Prime and all those type of things, it's always behavior related. Right. So funny comedy and some seeking thing about behavior. I'm watching that. Right. It's what I do. It's what I live and breathe. And so the products that I create also are serving a community of people who do believe that behavior is the gateway to X, Y, and Z. So if I tried to create a product that was for, um, I don't know, for comedy, right? I would fail miserably at it. So it doesn't matter how much I would try to convince you, it wouldn't work, right? And so when you talk about how do I get my products and services out to be better received, well, if you are truly in alignment of what you're energetically putting out there, then the vibration automatically comes back, right? It's, it's an infinity loop between you and the consumers. I'm going to provide something that I think is valuable, that serves your need, that meets your market. We're of the same belief systems. And then you're going to serve me back by giving me the information on how the products and services are or are not working. And I'm going to take that responsibility and pivot and come back. It's a continual consumer that's not a consumer for just today because that's not how consumers work anymore, right? It's a lifelong journey of service that I'm going to provide my genius to you in many, many, many different forms that you want it in, not the form I want it in, right? So that's also something that has changed. It used to be that you create it and they will come, 
It's not that anymore. It's constantly understanding what your market, what your consumers are looking for from you and then providing exactly what they want. And so that continual uh, conversation and engagement um, of honoring both sides of the relationship is what's going to convince somebody you are somebody that I want in my life. So when I demonstrate, this is, this is the skills I got. I'm a behaviorist. I'm a realist. I, uh, I, you know, I kind of dive right into it. Well, you may say, well, that doesn't work for me. I actually want something that's, well, that's fine. I, I, I want to, I want to help you find the person that is going to work for you. I'm not going to try to try to be something different. I'm going to help you, right, by serving you to get to your destination. Because at some point in time, our paths may cross again, and you're going to help me get to a destination, or maybe I do become of service at another point in time. So it's honoring the value of the long-term relationship because you don't know when the value is going to be there. That's why you know, when people say, be careful on the way up because you're going to see them on the way down. I think it's a never-ending journey. You may start a relationship now because you're really excited about somebody. You just love what they have to offer the world. And there may be no call to action or need right now. It may come later, right? That's what networking is not about me selling you something or what you can do now. Networking is for when I fall down, you're going to be the person that I rely on to help me get up. It's the up. It's the bounce of what your network is worth, not, not the immediate sale. I love that. That's a good way to look at your network and, and how, uh, you know, it, it encourages you to work together and collaborate instead of just, you know, keeping it linear. Right. Um, and to help with, with the giving heart right? Yes. That's how you tell, right? Some, if you call me, I'm going to try to help you. I don't know what it, what's in it for me and I don't really care. I have a belief that eventually at some point in time, your genius is going to unlock something that I may not see today, but that's okay because I celebrate you and I see your value and it will come full circle when it's meant to. Absolutely. So we've got about 15 minutes left. So I want to try to get through a couple more questions and then I'll pass the mic to you so you can let us know how to connect with you uh, when we're finished with this chat. So uh, how do you build your company with the right employees while hiring for growth? Right. So again, um, this is about community, not culture, right? I don't like the word culture because if you look up the definition of culture, culture is pushed upon you. And so I think that pushing your beliefs on anything or anyone is negative. It's, it's a negative energy and it sets people up to fail, right? So whether it's your kids and your relationship and a company as a leadership, you just can't, the push does not work. And so it's being able to pull in, right? To build something of value, to be somebody who wants to serve and then invite people on who believe the same thing or are looking to achieve the same type of outcome. So when you're talking about a team and a company, when you say, hey, listen, this is what I'm trying to do in the world. This is the impact that this is what is on my headstone. And somebody goes, wow, I want to do the same kind of thing. Then you go, okay, how do we do it together? Right. And so I'm like, listen, I'm really good at this and you're really good at that. Let's work on the same team because we're pushing in the right direction. So it's about attracting like minded people for outcomes who have individual skill sets that cause the lift to be easier. That's really what a company and a team is all about. And so you first have to understand what are you trying to do? Why are you trying to do it? is your genius in that equation because any one of us is only one ingredient in the recipe. So you need to find the other ingredients in order to be able to bake the cake. 
And so the we mind is the only mind that will sustain. A we minded company is the only company that's going to sustain. And if you don't understand what the we is, right, understand each individual and what's in it for them, then you can't really have a business plan because it's too egocentric and companies with egos will die. Just a matter of time. I love that. It's dropping by, dropping like flies all around <laughs> us right now. <laughs> it's true. So what if, what if someone right now, do you have any advice for someone who is in a company right now that is very egocentric um, that might be even afraid to leave because you know, there's so much uncertainty happening now. Um, do you have any advice for, for, for people who might be on, you know, those kinds of teams or in those kinds of companies? So first of all, the first false belief is that there's no such thing as uncertainty, right? We're, we're no more uncertain now than we were a year ago. So anybody who thinks that you were safe and secure a year ago, more than you are now, that was just the story you wanted to tell yourself right? Because you can get hit by a car at any moment in time. You can go broke at any moment in time. Life has a great way of just throwing something right at you. So we're actually less uncertain than we were a year ago. Because what we know for certain right now is everything's changing. So it's the biggest opportunity ever in our lifetime. And so if you are giving your talent and your gift to others, and it's not being celebrated and embraced, stop doing it. Because tomorrow will be no different. Next year will be no, no different. Five years from will be no different. The only thing that's going to change is you're going to be more bitter, angry, and resentful because you gave the best of you to somebody who did not value it. There is, if you have a gift, right, there's a million and one people out there that are looking for you. They just can't find you. And a lot of the time, the reason why we can't find you is because you don't know what your gift is, right? So that's why we say, you know, shake your tail feathers, you know, speak it, find your signature, get, get what you want out to the people who are going to celebrate you because none of us are indentured servants. You don't have to do anything. You choose to, even if you think you have to, that's the story. It's a story you need to, you're telling yourself because you're going to bounce. You're going to find the people that do honor and celebrate you. And the minute you get on that course, what you start to say is, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner, right? It's, it's, it's like when I tell somebody, oh, they've never fired somebody before and they have to fire somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I thought I never would replace them, but yet something better comes along. It's when you have the breakup and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm devastated. My life is over, but you know what? The door opens and it gets better, right? And so we're meant to continue to grow. So if you are giving yourself to somebody who literally is not excited, jumping up and down and thrilled that you're part of their team, you're on the wrong team. You can say that again, <laughs> but that would be such a hard um, <laughs> thing to place into action because unfortunately a lot of people are in those situations. So, But ask that... for help, right? So when yeah. you say that, when you say I'm stuck, okay, so let's break that down. You're stuck because you need what? List it. I need uh, whatever, 90 days of security. Okay, what does that look like? Okay, what are things are, that, you're, that you're paying for that actually could be donated or merged, but when you actually break it down to what do I actually need to get from where I am to the other side and you break it down, it's actually not as scary as somebody thinks. And there's, you're always within three steps of what you actually need, right? You just haven't put your foot out there. 
right? To say, okay, I actually really want to work for a company like that's over there. And then you find out, oh, listen, somebody that I know that I know somebody is connected with them or I'm connected on LinkedIn and you share that, right? Here's my key for your success. And then you're, I mean, it, it's, if you believe you can, you will. And if you try not to do it alone and you ask for help, you'll get help. So nothing is impossible. Nothing. I love that. And I agree. Nothing is impossible. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to this next question. And we've got just about eight minutes left. So I'd love for you to respond to this question and then let us know anything else you want us to know about the Genius Key System, how we can connect with you offline, um, and then any food for thought that you have for us. And just we can, we can end the next 10 minutes like that. So uh, I'll read this question here. What strategies might you recommend to overcome muscle memory in mature uh, legacy organizations? I want to affect change through implementation of practices and tools such as your genius key system. Right. So when you talk about muscle memory, right, it's about really getting honest about what is working and what is not working. Right. I could talk. I say I call it stop, start and swap. Right. So you're going to continue doing the things that are working. So let's first identify what is working and why do they work, right? So that you understand the why, again, not through your lens, but for other people that you're serving. Why does that work in this specific environment to really understand it? And then identify what absolutely positively is not working. And then do we understand why it's not working? Sometimes it's because it's antiquated. Sometimes it doesn't meet the marketplace anymore. Sometimes it doesn't serve your current uh, teammates and team members. But let's find out what's not working, right? So that you can stop the habit of just kind of going through the motion. You have to literally identify on your projects and tasks and saying these things we've all looked at as a team and we've agreed they're working. Perfect. Let's stay doing that. These are not working and they've got to go into the problem bucket. And we're going to get to those in a sec second. And other things that we have to swap out, right? So when you actually just start talking about what do I have to swap? Like you mentioned it in the beginning of this conversation, right? So you became into awareness that you have to swap some of the words that you say, right? And so just by taking something simple as that and saying, I'm going to st stop using the word can't and I'm going to say I can, right? I'm going to stop thinking that I couldn't make a drastic change because why would you think you couldn't make a drastic change? What, you're not smart enough, you're not strong enough, you don't have a benefit, like what, what is the story you're telling yourself and why you can't do something? Because I don't see that you can't, I see that you can, you just need the tools or you need some of the actions so that you can. And so by just getting out of the muscle memory that leaves you stuck and living the same day over and over and over again, the only way to get unstuck is to challenge everything. And so if you're very rooted in your routine and you're, you've been somewhere a long time and in the same, 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 same groundhog day, then start with get up at a different time, get off, sleep, move on the other side of the bed right? Break your habits from the get-go so that your brain goes, whoa, wait a minute, what's going on? So you're in total awareness of what you're choosing in your day, right? So simple changes is going to give you that perspective that's going to allow to say, okay, does this work for me? Does sleeping on this side of the bed work for me? Yeah, actually it doesn't anymore. I've done it for too long. I want to try the other side of the bed. Actually, I want to try a different room, right? Does having coffee in the morning, does it work for you? I don't know. Let's take, let's, let me talk to you at three o'clock to see if that coffee in the morning is really working for your hair. Everything, question everything that's going through your day to say what small change is going to be the thing that unlocks 
the growth and the scale. It's not going to be the thing that you think it is, right? So sometimes it's just making a new friend or somebody that you already have in your network that you actually don't know very well. And you start having some conversations on there. You're like, you know what? Wait a minute. I need a little bit more of you in my life. I need, I need more of you and less of that over there. And so that, that is what helps your muscle memory never become just your unconscious habit, right? And so start with three buckets. This is what I'm going to start doing. This is what I'm going to stop doing. And this is what I'm going to swap out to see what happens. I love that because it leaves room for breaking habits and developing new patterns that could potentially serve you. And then if not, just, you know, try it again. <laughs> right. And when you break a habit, you find a whole myriad of false beliefs that are attached mm -hmm. to the habit. Remember, habits are there because they want us to believe a story that we're telling ourselves. Great. So anything else about the Genius Key system uh, that you want to speak with us about? It sounds super fascinating. Uh, how do we stay in touch with you? How do we inquire or find you online? Uh, and then, you know, give us some food for thought to end these, these next three minutes. Sure. So if you can spell my first name, you can find me anywhere, right? A-M-I-L-Y-A on all of the social channels. You can find me. I answer all my own stuff. I try to get to every single question that I have. And the genius key is easy, right? It's, it's literally less than 40 bucks and it gives you your reflection. It tells you what makes you a genius. And then we can take that further if you wanted to, to compare what makes you a genius to see if that's what you're actually doing by day. Is that what's showing up in your company as a leader in your career with your boss in your partnerships? Because if your genius isn't being celebrated, you're going to feel empty. You're going to feel every human, doesn't matter who you are, needs to be seen, heard, recognized, and celebrated in their value language. And so if you don't have those four pillars clearly understood for yourself, you're going to feel stuck. You're going to feel like you have no choices. So let's fill in the blanks to let you see what the other world is seeing from you and then pair you up with the companies that are going to celebrate you or within your company, pair you up with a project that's going to celebrate you. Because a lot of times it is right underneath your nose. You just don't see it. Okay. And then last uh, question, because I, I, I want you to talk more about COVID if you can, just for this last minute, um, specifically COVID, specifically the, the global crisis that we find ourselves in. Um, any food for thought uh, as, it, as it pertains to, you know, everything is going virtually now and people are, you know, as you said, nothing, it's always been uncertain, but especially now for some people. So specifically uh, relating to COVID, do you have any food for thought? Sure. So what I'm doing with my clients is I took their calendars from last like pre last year, like Q4, Q1, right? And I take a look at their commute time that they used to have, like all of the stuff that was tactical that we had to do as we moved from meeting to meeting and in and out of the offices and stuff like that, right? There was hours, two to three hours every day that we spent in logistics that we're no longer spending. So how are you investing those three hours for an ROI, for return on investment? Are you spending that in learning a language? Are you doing it for leadership development? Or how are you taking those hours and investing in? Because what I find on most people's calendars is that they've replaced those hours of commute with empty calories, right? Something that's not causing them to further grow in their career. You need to take your commute time that you used to invest in yourself, 
right? Getting to and from work or whatever you're doing and invest it directly into you to enhance for that next level. The other thing for COVID is your digital presence is more important now than it ever was before because that's where the world went. So even if you didn't believe in social and digital and your platform and so on and so forth, you better believe in it now because people are looking for you. So something very simple just on your LinkedIn to say, here's my genius. This is who I am and this is what I'm fabulous at and I'm looking for projects, right? I'm looking to connect with you. I'm looking to build, an, whatever it is, put your call to action right up there onside your linking. That's your calling card. And if you can even take it a step farther, just put up on your social presence, right? A link that I can learn a little bit more on you. If you're on Ticker, TikTok or LinkedIn or um, Instagram or Facebook, so many of those links I click on don't work, first of all. So make sure you go test your links. Or if they do work, they don't tell me squat about you. Well, if people are trying to look for you and I'm trying to bring you an opportunity, I can't even connect you with your next best thing because your stuff isn't tied up. So go and get every one of those links. Don't tell me, oh, I'm a cat lover. Tell me what you actually want to do for your hopes and your dreams because somebody can then find you. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Amelia. And thank you everyone for joining us live. Um, enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you on the next chat and learn. Bye. Awesome. Thank you.